It's so important to put good things into the world. I'm Brad Rose. Welcome to another edition of the Seltzer Salon presented by Foxy Digitalis. I hope everybody is doing well. Hope your day or your evening or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this is off is off to a good start. It's coming to a wonderful close. I don't know. Um, anyway, I am so excited that my guest today is the one, the only, the legendary Vinny Golia. Um, I I have been a great admirer of Vinny's for a long, long time, and I, like to to list all of the incredible works that he has done, you know, uh, I I we would be here all day. We would be here all day. <laughs> um, but uh, we were specifically talking on this episode about movement two of his, even to this day series um triptych i don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know the exact right description of it, but it's um gosh what a project it is right so movement one came out in 2021 and it was it, it it's this three movement project that he started during covid and it's just massive it's just huge and it's incredible like i we recorded this about a month ago and I'm still, I'm still making my way through the all of movement two and because it's about 11 hours long, there's 110 pieces. Um, it is, it is something extraordinary, honestly. And the collaborators he has on there, I mean, it's, you have to go to the link in the show notes to the uh, link to the band camp page and it lists all of them because there's so many. Um, but just like Nels Klein, Susan Alcorn, Chaz Smith, Cheryl Leonard. It just goes on and on and on. There's there's so many people on it, um, and it's it's just incredible music. And it and, and, and Vinny talks about it. it. Talks about it in the liner notes. And he talks about you know putting putting good positive vibrations into the world and those kind of things. And you know I don't know. It some people might think it's silly, but I think it matters. I think it matters a lot. And I think Vinny is a wonderful example of doing that. You know, kind of practicing what you preach and. Uh, making a positive difference for people. So, huge, huge recommendation on this. I can't thank Vinny enough for talking to talking to me. And um, yeah, we recorded this over Zoom about a month ago ish. I hope you enjoy it. So my guest today is, well, I don't feel like he needs much introduction, but my guest today is the one and only Vinny Colia. How are you doing, Vinny? I'm pretty good. Thanks, and you? I'm hanging in there. Glad it's glad it's almost the weekend. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you're getting ready to, you got class start next week, right? Next week we go back to school and uh, it's interesting, you know, every year, like, every year it's like concerts come right when school starts so <laughs> it's like oh yeah you have to do this you have to do this and it's like oh, i'm gonna be in you know 
Poughkeepsie or something, you know. <laughs> can't do that. You know? Yeah. Well, um, I guess to start, it, can you just tell me a bit about the origins of the Even to This Day project? Ah, that's a good place to start. Um, uh, well, there's a very nice saxophonist in uh, in, in uh, the Bay Area called Rent Romus. He does a lot of uh, uh, of uh, uh, right now. He's exploring his Finnish roots oh, and wow. just came back from a tour of Finland. He's taking like traditional songs and put them into a setting for improvisation. And so it's really beautiful music. And uh, anyway, he heard that I was having a birthday before COVID. Of course, you have one every year. But, you know, right. this one, you know, he decided that he wanted to do um, do a concert for my birthday. Uh-huh. And I said, it's fantastic. And he said, he said, well, will you write some music? I said, sure. He said, I said, how many people do you want to have in the band? He said, like, well, we'll take the number of it, of that. It's your birthday. Oh, wow. So, that's, so at this point in time, <laughs> that's a rather large number. And uh, um, I started writing the music, and then COVID hit. Matter of fact, the last concert I did before COVID was with Rent down here in L.A., and they got stranded here for, oh, wow. uh, uh, for a couple of days. And uh, and we're, he was talking about it, how he wanted to do it and stuff. I said, well, you know, I think I'll write the music anyway. So then, you know, things really got out of hand and we couldn't right. leave the house and all that kind of stuff. You know, we, everyone yeah. knows that. <laughs> and uh, I kept writing. <laughs> and then I was like, well, let's see. I got to come up with a way to do this. And my way was to do it remotely and have people solo and, and record some parts. And at the same time, you know, like uh, when I was doing movie scoring kind of in the 90s, uh, um, I started using some samples and stuff, but they were primitive compared to now, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I thought like, well, for some of the parts of people we can't get, I'll, I'll see about sample libraries. Yeah. They were quite good, you know. And uh, I've learned the that, same thing in the last year. It's been remarkable to see what's out there with sample libraries. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I spent a fair amount of money getting really <laughs> good samples, and yeah. luckily, um, my engineer Wayne Pete, you know, who uh-huh. also plays, you know, everybody knows him now as a an engineer, but he's a great organ player, <laughs> and man, he plays piano and keyboards and such. But I really like his organ player, so I always call him an organ player. Um, um, he said, well, you want him to sound fake or you want him to sound real? And I said, well, <laughs> go with the real sound, you know, and that's how we approached it. And I started asking people if they'd be interested. And, of course, during that time, not right. all people were doing anything. So right. <laughs> you know, people jumped on it and they you know, I paid them too. And so they said, Oh, and we get paid too. Great. <laughs> so, um, so that took a while. And then just before, uh, just before, let me see the year before all this happened, I had 
been approached by one of my students at Cal Arts, a doctoral student, to write a suite of music for his graduation recital. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, he recorded that and he graduated with flying colors. Everything was great. Uh, and uh, he sent me the tapes while in the middle of doing this first movement. And I started like, well, it'd be cool for a second movement. And then, you know, maybe I'll finish it up with a little third movement or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'd have the little in-between thing that was right. just a half hour's worth of music. And that would be that, you know. But then I started listening to it and started thinking about like, well, you know, I have these other compositions I didn't finish for this. And I can do this. If I keep going on it, then I can do right. a whole suite with, like, like that's the focus of the second suite would be like more mostly on electronic, like mostly guitar players, uh, mm-hmm. electronic musicians. And then to fill it out, like, uh, you know, some people who made their own instruments, like like Cheryl Leonard and uh, yeah. Chaz, Chaz, uh, Chaz Smith, not to be confused with Chess Smith, but Chaz, right. <laughs> Chaz. I met Chaz working, uh, we were working on a Tom Newman score, and Tom liked to improvise, so we did an improvising session. And Chess was playing uh, pedal steel. It was the first time I'd seen it in in like freer forms of music. Huh? I mean, now there's you know Susan Alcorn who's on this second movement of the piece. I mean, she's fantastic. You, you know, right? Yeah, just a different approach from from how Chess approached it. But he started making his own instruments and started working with Hans Zimmer. Matter of fact, this new movie, uh, Dune Two. Uh huh. A lot of the sounds and and uh, sound design and all that stuff are, are chess's uh, chess's instruments, so, and it's and it's fantastic. So yes, for you know everybody got four cuts. That was the deal. You know, like every gave everybody four cuts and moved to the next person and stuff like that. And then I tried to write for those particular people, or I tried to plug the people into the specifics of what that particular sound was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The I, I was really excited when I saw that Cheryl was on there, and because I'm I'm so fascinated by these the, the instruments that they build. Um, and and you know, speaking of sample libraries, Chaz has a the Spitfire did a sample library with some of his sculptures, which yeah, is it's Mercury, right? Yeah, I I was playing around with that a couple weeks ago, and it's mind blowing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, um, uh, until, um, well, just before I called him to play or emailed him uh, uh-huh. to play, I had bought that. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and I, and, uh, and uh, I used it on one, only one track because then I had the real guy. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you got the real deal, you might as well. <laughs> but I think it's going to make an appearance in the, in the third movement. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out how to use it, and I, I just, I just love sitting there. Just, just the sounds are so fascinating. Um, well, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious about a lot of things, but when you get to, when a project gets to the size, you know, it's eleven and a half hours, right? I think. The, <laughs> how do you keep track of everything when you're <laughs> putting well, all this together? <laughs> my secret, my secret weapon is Wayne Pete. Because he he uses um, uh, 
spreadsheets for everything. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so I send him, uh, like, for example, I'll send him a piece of music that I'll, I'll have sequenced and everything, and it's all orchestrated. It's ready to go. Uh -huh. And he likes to go in and clean it up a little bit, you know, maybe change one or two of the, well, you can't change the volumes because it's already done, but, you know, uh -huh. like maybe like tweak my mix a bit more. Sure. Then he, he has a thing where he likes to use, like, uh, make the reverbs consistent. And, you know, like in these samples, a lot of them are swimming in reverb yeah. and recorded in massive holes. So he has a program that takes stuff out of that. I mean, just getting a little away from your question. But then he, in his file sheet, he'll say what he did. And then, like, if I say, like, well, you know, this, this, this one here, I think that GE should solo on this. And then he'll make a note, like, okay. Then he says another box, like, gee, it's soloist GE. You want anybody else on that? Let's see what GE does. Okay, GE happens to be brilliant, so right. you don't really need anything else after <laughs> he plays on it, you know? And so, uh, okay, so then he logs that in. I give him working titles. Then there's a space mm. for, like, the real title. Again, you know, I mean. Yeah just to keep things like faster for him. So if I put, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, okay. Let's just call this GE one. Okay. That's G one. Okay. Well, I'm not going to put that on that. Right. I'm going to like feel, feel what it, what it feels like and then name it or else it's named ahead of time. And then I use the real name in there. So he keeps all of that in a, in a, in a log oh. straight for me. That's nice. Yeah. Secret yeah. weapon for sure. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course, I give him money for that. Well, well of course. <laughs> He's a friend, but, you know, it only goes yeah. so far. You know? Yeah, I don't, but, I don't know anybody uh, who's going to do that out of the goodness of their heart. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I have to say that uh, um, um, he's really kept a lot of that, a lot of that stuff um Really, like especially when there are there are names that are similar and stuff like that. And yeah. I'll sometimes even even for me, I'll start one thing, I'll put it over here, and then I I, I go, oh where oh where's that thing? And I go to the wrong file, and I'm uh, working on this one. Going, oh, that thing's missing. <laughs> okay, and then then I have two of them. Right. <laughs> so so I make like you know yeah. like section one, section two, or right. You know. I, you know, I'm not going to throw it away at this point. Exactly. Well, I, but I, so, so, so it's good to have someone who's taking care of that for me. Very much. Um, yeah. Well, I'd love to know what the sort of significance or sort of meaning behind the title of the second movement is. The um, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't know the proper pronunciation. Is it syncretism? <laughs> I didn't even know myself. Okay. Uh, it's one of those words you read, but then when you try to say it, I, I've never said it. <laughs> well, that, the actual, the actual part that's the most important part of the title is the last part that says "for the draw." For the, and that uh -huh. comes from that comes from a um, uh, um, uh, a Japanese uh, samurai movie. Uh, called Yojimbo. No, no. Oh. Oh, no, it's uh, the Sanjiro. Uh -huh. at, at the end, there's a duel between these two 
characters in uh okay in, yeah uh, it's a thing of honor where the guy doesn't want to let the he's been kind of humiliated and and uh by this kind of kind of raggedy guy and he didn't want to let it go and they have to have a duel <laughs> and it's the shiro mifune so you know he's not going to lose right. so <laughs> you know I mean, even though it's Nakadai on the on the opposite side. Anyway, they have this duel, and it's like it's it's like it's that fast. Wow! None of this running around with the swords and doing the whole thing. It's uh -huh. just like, and at the end, he puts the sword back, and his his students have followed him, and they they're like just astonished, like looking, you know, and 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 he just looks at the corpse and says, "You're the one who drew first. Wow, and that's uh, <laughs> and that's where all of this comes from. It comes from that movie because it's like a thing of it's like uh, Alkis asked me to write the the initial germ suite for, mm -hmm. for. I built all this stuff around it, and all the people that I've invited to play are and. Uh, Incredibly honorable people, or <laughs> play their ass off, and they're really kind of bastions of the of yeah. what we do, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and this the scope is rather amazing. You have someone like Cheryl Leonard whose sounds are so small and delicate and <laughs> really like precious, yeah. you yes. know, recreating things out of out of. Um, I think she's the only person who's ever been allowed to take any artifacts out of Antarctica. As far, yeah, I interviewed her about that project you did. last year. Yeah, and um, I think so. I think she said, and just she sent me some pictures of some of the instruments and the different thing. And mm. it, it is, it, yeah. I, I that record is phenomenal. Mm. But that's and, she, and then on the other hand, you have jazz. <laughs> Who's creating these these things in a, his his warehouse? Uh, even though you know, like he's he's battling these tremendous odds that he has against them. You know, and, you know he's he's making these instruments that only he can envision, like all the sounds yeah. that be created for them. And you have a good guitar player like uh, Nels Klein, you know, who's a, a, an amazingly eclectic musician. All the way to someone like like GE, who was one of the unacknowledged fathers of maybe fusion music, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I mean, the range is is pretty wide, and it, and you can't forget, like I mentioned her before, Susan Alcorn. I mean, she's yeah not only a pioneer in the country world, but like in the improvising world, yeah. using pedal steel was almost unheard of, except for jazz and her. Yeah. That was it, as far as I knew, you know. And there are other people who maybe play with lap steel, but that's not the same, you know. Right. That's a whole other instrument. You know? <laughs> You're talking about like, you know, seven seven uh, levers just for your knees. Your knees. That's without right. your feet, you know, foot pedals, and without <laughs> the two things that you have to do with your hands. So that's one, two, three, four, five things that you have to six things that you have to take care of. Yeah you know to make to make a sound and and it's incredibly inspiring so the, yes. the more they do stuff 
unfortunately for them, the more I do stuff for them to play <laughs> and they go like, you know, you know, it just doesn't really sit well. I say like, but I know you can do it. <laughs> they're, they're like, well, I can try it, you know, and they're open to trying these things. So the thing of honor is in there, the, the whole, the whole um, thing about synchronicity, mm -hmm. you know, like all that, it's all like lumped together in this particular movement. Well, and I think that all kind of the, the larger, I guess, picture of it, I reading about it, listening to it. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't say that I've been able to fully digest the whole 11 and a half hours yet, but I've, it's, <laughs> I've been, I've, I've had it in my car and anytime I'm going anywhere, it's, this is what I'm listening. And it's, have you heard the first movement? I've heard parts of it. I haven't heard the whole thing, which is funny. I, uh, one of our mutual friends is Catherine Sakura, and huh. I was I, I her and I were emailing yesterday. I mentioned that that I was interviewing you today, and and she was saying how that first movement. She's like, that's she's like. Then he gave me a copy of the box set. Whenever that was, she's like, it's all I listen to when I'm driving anywhere. It's the best view that I was. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, but the thing that really kind of gets and and you talk it talks a little bit about this in in the liner notes and the description of it about basically the music contributing to the positive vibrations of the universe and can putting you know you look at where we are where things are and putting and, and it really resonated with me this idea of just like putting good things into the world and i'm just curious you know I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on that where this music or music in general, how it does that, the role that music and, you know, I mean, there's so much behind this with those relationships, with the connections with those people, with the artists and the, you know, the I, honor, I, I really honorable people. I really like that description. It's a lot of, for lack of a better <laughs> phrase, it's a lot of good vibes going out into the world. And I think that's a beautiful and important thing. Well, you know, uh, um, when I was painting, I studied a lot about like the way light vibrates and the physics of it and mm -hmm. on and on. And I started working with laser beams and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But it was all about vibration and, and, uh, and when I was when I w was still painting, I listened to a lot of music, and I got into Coltrane, and you know that actually Coltrane. So like, why I wanted to have a saxophone, or why <laughs> I even wanted to look at creating visual images that could be translated to sound, you know. Mm -hmm. um, um, but he always talked about. His positive, a positive approach and stuff. And when he passed, um, I was just starting to go to clubs in '68, so he was already gone a year. And then I saw Fire Sanders and Alice Coltrane moving that forward, that vibrational mm -hmm. approach to the music forward. And and I was and I was drawn to that. And I've always been drawn to like. Um, Eastern philosophy and and such. And when I came out here, uh, I started visiting. You know, there are a few shrines out here and and things. And I went frequently 
and that became a big part of my life, you, you, mm -hmm. you know, still is. Um, but it's something, uh, you know, something that I don't talk about because that's personal stuff, you know, but, mm -hmm. but, but, but how can it, how it manifests in what it is that you do, Mm -hmm. It takes you a while to get to the maturity level of actually, you know, trying trying to do it, <laughs> and you never know that you you what if you do it or not. You know, I mean, your personal life could suck too. You know, right. you, you're trying to overcome all these things and be a, a very a good, you know, have a pure. Things so that, like, even though this is fully important, when I sit down to do this, that's what I'm doing, and that focus, I think, will vibrate at a certain level, mm -hmm. and then that's the starting point. And when you bring in other people with like vibrational, you know, yeah, yeah, think alike and stuff, and you can have that vibration, and, everything. and with a large grouping like this, now, now that now the samples count because if you have a string orchestra, let's say you have a chamber string orchestra, that's still 50 people right? who have, who have put their sound together to make something good. So I'm mm -hmm. using them too. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, uh, I'm using all that to create some kind of, some kind of force. Now, whether I do it or not, is that's not important. Yeah. Important, <laughs> the important part is just the act of trying to do that, which is, I think, uh, at least trying to contribute to the state of things and and make things a, a little better so that if somebody goes on the road and they can listen in their car to some music yeah. that takes them to another place that's great or you know or at home maybe it's on while you're cleaning i don't know you know right. <laughs> however they want to use it then it's out of my hands and stuff and uh I'm trying to use this as a stepping stone to do it like live so that you can get all the musicians. Oh, wow. You can get 150 people doing that and put it out there, you know. Mm -hmm. Last, uh, I guess in March, I did, uh, well, Rent set up uh, a thing. We had 77 musicians. Oh, wow. Last, uh, <laughs> in March, doing uh, playing some of, this, some of the music that's on the, the third section. Uh, and because uh, I was breaking it in a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that starts the ball rolling because you hear all the possibilities, you know, sure. maybe, maybe this part's not that clean. Okay, I can figure this out. I can do mm -hmm. this. But it's still the intensity of having so many people playing it at a certain level. I mean, you can think of uh, Messian comes to mind immediately, you know, 100 people playing those bird calls. Yeah. Unbelievable. You know, Unbelievable. When, when it's just reverberating, you don't hear the original notes. You just hear the reverberation after a right. while. You know, yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah. got to, that's got to be gorgeous. Or, or you know, you go to church and you're expecting a hymn and your Charles Ives is in the <laughs> open and he's doing his thing. Right. Like, wow, this is taking me to a different place. Wow, okay. You know, I mean, the, the thing about it is, like, we're here to do a specific thing i think everybody uh -huh. does something and i kind of feel like okay you know i kind of like fell into this area or was guided to this area and this is what i'm i feel comfortable doing and this is how i'm going to do it 
And that's that's where it is. Uh, I, I'm trying to follow in the footsteps of the people who, who I was inspired by. Yeah, it's really that simple, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, they said you. Sh- they said you should do it this way. It sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't see any any possibility of like arguing with them. <laughs> hey, <laughs> if it's not broke, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you hear a group like like Shakti, for example, you know, that's like you know, yeah, a Caucasian guy with a bunch of Indian cats, but they all seem to be this one pointed, this one pointed thing that is like a spearhead, you know, just uh-huh. breaks everything apart, and you're just you're astonished when you yeah. hear it. You're just astonished, you know. Yeah, it's it's like that. Is so is that like one of your sort of I don't know, always say ultimate goals, but goals with it is to get a performance with everybody <laughs> like Well, I mean, it would be impossible to get all the souls that the, the souls yeah. have to be pretty yeah. <clears throat> um it would be a limited gene pool because uh, uh you know, but there are there are people who who stand out all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Who, just like who are just like brilliant. You know, I did a concert in New York with uh with uh some of the music from uh I guess it's part three. Yeah, probably <laughs> probably mostly part three. Uh um and uh that was 30 people. <laughs> and that was a that was a a really great experience. Everybody came in well prepared. They were really re- respectful of, of playing the music, and they had a, everybody had a ball. You know, we only That's had great. like a, one rehearsal. Really, oh wow, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> yeah. you know. And the music is kind of gnarly, you know, but everybody <laughs> was well, well prepared, and and um, and it's been that way. You know, that's been the trend for a little while. It's like bring some music in, short amount of rehearsal time. People have enough respect to to really get their parts together. Wham, hit it, and like they're ready for anything. And here we go, you know. Right. Yeah. So, I guess what's next for the project? Uh, this is obviously the focus now. But I'm where? What's ha- what's I guess what's happening with Movement Three? It sounds like you've been. It's in process, in progress. I'm. Uh, I got. Uh, um, I have 10 pieces sequenced already, and uh, I'm seeing that these now, the first ones were shorter, <laughs> and this next batch was a little longer, uh-huh. and now these now are really starting to like be <laughs> more organic. So um, uh, the way I write is pretty dense. Mm-hmm. And I've been fooling with isolating some of the parts. So mm. I like, let's say I like the overall thing. That's great. Yeah. Sounds okay, you know, but it, it's hard to hear the flutes. Well, maybe I take flutes out and isolate them and use them as an intro, have another mm. soloist on that section. Then it goes back to this section without the flutes, maybe all together over here and stuff like that. I'm starting to learn how to actually improvise more with what I write. Mm. Yeah, as opposed to just like like here's what I wrote, boom, you know, it's like boom, yeah. So now I'm starting to be much more organic and 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 um, 
I can hear the soloist ahead of time a little bit more. So I'm starting to really learn how to really play the orchestra as like a as a my instrument. That's interesting. That's kind of in a strange way, like uh, like I used to play with Butch Morris on occasion. Uh-huh. Uh, he had this way of conducting. Every there was not very little. Towards the end, he started bringing more written music in, but like at the beginning, he didn't want any written music. So it was all you're improvising, but like uh-huh. guided by his hand signals. Oh, and wow. You, you really had to follow his, his conduction. Right. Or else you'd be lost, you know? Uh-huh. And, he, and, and he was amazing because he could, he would see you like closing your eyes to get into your solo and he'd stop the band. And he, <laughs> you're not watching me. And you know, he really wanted to, to really yeah. have that like conductor control and, create what was in his mind You're, mm-hmm. you guys are all the um instrument mm-hmm. i'm playing it you know wow yeah it's interesting very interesting. that is that is really interesting that's um yeah. uh and so uh i mean a lot of people talk about butch and, and there's walter thompson's created sound painting he does it's a similar similar approach although uh, when you hear the two musics they're they're quite different yeah, yeah, yeah. Walter has, I'd say, like about six hundred and fifty or so hand signals mm-hmm. that is cataloged. And they're for actors, directors, and comedians, and dancers, and musicians. You know, theater people, recitation, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and with Butch, although he used sometimes those elements in his pieces, he had a serious catalog resume of these hand signals and that was that's what he used one size fits all (laughs) yeah that's really interesting yeah now i do that live all that stuff and and so i've been doing it for years Mm -hmm. you know and whiteboard and all that kind of stuff You, you know when i do it live the problem when i'm doing it in uh uh um self contained yeah situation is that is that uh, um okay if i give a hand signal and we start at, and, and i say start at c letter c instead of starting at a you know there's nobody there with me to do that right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it can get out of hands really easily if i don't if i don't rein myself in i can i can i bet that's oh that's funny um before we get out of here i wanted to add I wanted to ask real quick about your, um, basically your all your gongs and all your metallophones and all those. I the album you released, I guess it was about twenty twenty. The music for gongs, singing bowls, and other hmm. metallophones. I love that album. I I don't even remember. I just stumbled on it on Bandcamp one day and was you know I knew you more for your mm-hmm. your other work and so uh, I and and then speaking of Captain's chorus, she was telling me she was like oh his collection his all the gongs and stuff he has in his house is amazing so i'm just i would love i'm just curious what where that came from you can see yeah. something over there oh man i'll have them up because i was working on on something you know <laughs> i yeah when i practice they get um they resonate and stuff. oh that's great it's, it's kind of kind of cool yeah yeah it's kind of nice anyway uh, um uh 
this all started because I was doing a uh, music for a production of Prometheus. Ah. Uh, Travis Preslin was the director. And um, he asked me to come and do some music. And I said, okay. So the first couple of rehearsals we had, I, I just came by myself and wrote a horn and stuff like that. And then I noticed that dancers were, you know, warming up <clears throat> and, uh, and some of the actors too. Mm -hmm. They do these kind of things. And I said, like, you know, I wonder if I brought a bowl. Like, I, you know, I had a couple of bowls at the time. Mm -hmm. maybe or two. And, you know, maybe I have a bowl and try that, you know. And, uh -huh. and well, they really liked that. Hmm. And I said, uh, the bowl thing's kind of nice. He said, you know, like, it would be nice <laughs> in some of the parts where it could really get like a cacophony, mm -hmm. but I don't want it to be like saxophone cacophony or, 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 you know, like, um, we had decided by that point to just use bass and, and me. Mm -hmm. So I have a number of like different clarinets and saxophones and flutes and stuff. Right. And, um, uh, and I said, well, you know, let me think about it. And I started thinking about it. What would be really good would be gongs. So I bought I bought a gong, you know, a, a really like an expensive wind gong, mm -hmm. and um, and through that I met this wonderful guy Andrew at Gongs Unlimited, who uh, became a really good good uh, a nice friend. He 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 um, he's a really nice he cat and and stopped writing in Hollywood. He was a very first A list writer for TV shows, he just <laughs> had enough and he's going to sell gongs in Nebraska. Amazing. <laughs> Nebraska, that's what he does. He sells his <laughs> An amazing business. I bought, I bought a, quite a number of gongs. From him. Anyway, so I started looking around and I saw a couple online, you know, you could buy like, you know, Craigslist, you right. know, a couple of deals and, and stuff. So I started using him for the show that worked out very well. And afterwards, I really started to get into it, and I got a few more, and then like that, you know, that's me thinking about like certain pitches and certain frequencies, uh -huh. certain projects and stuff. And I wound up, I have about 40, 50 bongs of various sizes and stuff, and a very large collection of uh, singing bowls from biggest ones about that big, you know, and then down to like really tiny ones, hand signal, hand signal, crotales, and uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. That um, uh, you know, I don't have to be uh, amazingly facile with the sticks and stuff. I can get different sounds by rubbing and yeah, you know, all these things. And it's quite meditative and also has a healing. Mm -hmm. Also has a healing factor to it. So I was really quite at home. Kind of fit in with that whole Eastern philosophy you know. sure yeah so uh, i felt at home with them you know i had first started playing when i when i came up with alex klein and uh he's, he had a large drum set and he, and he slowly he was influenced by frank perry uh and frank was like the percussionist in england who who um, worked with uh keith tippets and his arc and a few others and 
And so uh, Frank Perry became like, oh, you know, because Frank has an astonishing number of bolts and bombs, <laughs> rooms full. Well, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah, really, that, that publicity pictures are, are, are staggering. <laughs> so um, um, so I started, you know, checking that out and expanding. And that's where we are. I just got the, uh, you can just see that there's like uh -huh. those, those are the newest ones. They're bronze skunks from Pisces. Oh, you know, wow. Really beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm, I love that whole sound world. I, I find it very, I don't, I, it, there's just so, there's a lot to, it. I, I find it very moving often that mm. it just it, very affecting. And so I think that I really, I really, I really like that record. And so I had to, yeah, I have I to, to watch my, because I, I, I would put them on everything. Right. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, they, yeah, to me, they're incredibly versatile and stuff. Yes. But when I listen back, it's like, I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> okay, maybe that's not the spot for that. You know? Right. I can, I can understand the temptation. Oh, I mean, I have it, so I might as well use right, it. Right, you might. <laughs> well, and, I, and I, I really love the idea, of, you know, when you said you're practicing and they kind of start resonating and like that, that sounds like a well a it's changed name. it's actually changed the way i play because i'm much more sensitive to dynamics mm. and uh um how how they really grow or how really how to grow sounds you know like really getting to that place like in in quartet for the end of time uh there's a uh, slow clarinet moment that where where it is just air and all of a sudden there be comes a sound and it, it just grows and and, and uh, it takes an amazing amount of control. So I've been really exploring like the more subtle, they're not undertones, but I call them like that, uh, that <laughs> under, that under sound a little bit more and some certain things. And I, I mean, that's one of the beauties of playing with people like Cheryl, uh, you know, cause her sounds are so delicate, you can't, you don't want to kill them. Yeah. And you can do that, but you know, I mean, the saxophone's made to be a loud instrument. So maybe the clarinets and flutes are a little better when I work with them, but I like <laughs> to have a saxophone once in a while. So I have to learn how to get underneath her sounds, which is hard to <laughs> do. Uh, yeah. So um, um, it, that gives you something more to expand your, your vocabulary. Yes. Dynamics and dynamics, you know? Yeah. That's, That's great. really great. One thing always leads to another, and you never know what it's going to be. Yeah, and that's you know, and there's there's always there's always new things to learn. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it never ends. You, if you stop, you're dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I mean, uh, I didn't get into that. I mean, I've been drawing pictures since I was a little kid, so I didn't get into it just to to do one thing. You know. Mm -hmm. And once I have something under my belt, then it's time to move on. And maybe I don't have it under my belt, but I think I do. But at least it's like, I, you know, I can, I can use that as a stepping yeah. stone. It's like rock climbing. I don't know if you rock climb, but like when I used to rock climb, it's like, you know, like you have to look like three or four moves ahead or else you're going to yep. wind up in a very bad place, you know? Yeah. So you're always like doing that. Okay. This is secure. That's, I'm there. This is yeah. good. 
I want to get there. How am I going to do it? So you have to look and see, like, okay, you know, and test, do all right. these things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like I like that comparison a lot. I've done a little rock climbing, but and uh, got myself into trouble a few times. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I um, fell once in in oh, Vermont. I thought I was a goner, you know, and uh, and <laughs> I somehow was protected. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad you're still here. <laughs> well, well, that's what I got. Um, okay. I I really appreciate you taking the time. It was great to talk to you, and I, I, I'm a great admirer of the project, and I'm really excited for. I'm excited to further get into movement two, but I'm looking forward to movement three down the road when that comes as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Once again, a thousand thanks to Vinigolio for taking time to talk to me about, even to this day, the second movement. Um, a huge recommendation. Check that out. Check all the stuff out on his Bandcamp page. I mean, uh, he's, he's got stuff everywhere, but there's a lot of really wonderful stuff on there. I mentioned the the Gong album, which is oh, it's just called, what is it called? It's called Music for Gong, Singing Bowls, and Other Metallophones, and it's another one that has... I've spent a lot of time with. I also wanted to mention really quick, this is, we didn't talk about this, but I remembered it um, after we recorded. Dark Tree a couple years ago released this archival album, a recording of his from, it was from late 70s, Live at the Century City Playhouse, and it's uh, his wind quartet. So it's got Vinny, John Carter, Bobby Bradford, and Glenn Ferris, and it's, oh, it's, it's really, really great. And Vinny plays a lot of different things on it. I think he plays flute, baritone, sax, um, probably other things it's Vinny. he plays a lot of stuff and then john carter on clarinet bobby bradford on cornet and glenn ferris on trombone and it's oh, it's a wonderful document and it's yeah i highly recommend checking it out anyway a lot of music there's always a lot of music but spend some time with Vinny. all right y'all thanks for listening you know where to find me all over social media uh join the patreon patreon.com slash foxy digital it's lots of cool stuff over there you get these episodes early you get songs of our lives episodes earlier if you haven't checked out songs of our lives which is the new foxy digital podcast i would love it if you do i think you'll enjoy it it's so much fun and otherwise i don't know there's always things going on you'll find me around get in touch say hello Have a good one.